Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This is Adam Hunter. Welcome to an MMA Roasted podcast. Uh, on Fox Sports. I'm thrilled to be with Fox Sports. Thank you, Fox Sports, for having me on. We have a great, great lineup today. Uh, we got Tim Kennedy calling in, Danny Castillo, Jake Shields, Phil Baroni, and Cody Bollinger. It's stacked. We got great fighters. It's going to be a great time. I just got back from Minnesota. I was headlining the House of Comedy out there. Amazing trip. I literally got off the plane four hours ago, went to go coach my wrestling team for little kids. And now I'm here because I love being here. And my team's looking good, by the way. We have a really good 78-pounder. Uh, he's a beast. The kids, uh, he wants to play games all the time, but when he's, when he's focused, he's good. He's good. A uh, lot to talk to. First of all, over the weekend at the Mr. Olympia Expo, Vanderlei and Chael got into a fight. Uh, and I thought it was a joke. I thought this was one of those things where people were like, oh, yeah. It's a no, I actually saw the video. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube. I'm sure you can see it. Basically, Chael's in a booth. I don't know if it's the TRT booth or, 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 or what the booth is, but Chael's in a booth, he's just hanging out, and Vanderlei has got a whole camera crew behind him, and he comes up to him, and they just start screaming at each other, and then, uh, and then Chael's like, you need to know, and Vanderlei's like, no, you need to know, and they start screaming, and it, gets, it sort of seems a little set up, like WWE. However, Vanderlei then writes, I saw, or he actually said, I saw fear in your eye. Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't be scared if Vanderlei Silva? I don't care who you are. That Vanderlei Silva is one of the scariest men I've ever seen in my. It's like he's like Bizarro, Mr. Potato Head. He's huge, jacked up, real nice guy. I met him a couple times. I couldn't be a nicer guy. But he's one of those dudes that I. The only the funniest thing about Vanderlei is that I was teaching him um, his his lines for the MMA awards, and he and he was struggling a little bit. And his his girlfriend, or his, probably his wife, his wife was getting mad at him for his English, and then he actually looked scared about it. That's just actually I never saw. You see a huge guy, and this little petite woman is scolding him on his on his on his English, and it, that was actually very entertaining to watch. Uh, but that was a crazy. Crazy thing. But then afterwards, Vanderlei is like, I'm, I'm a professional. I don't fight in the street. And I'm like, yeah, but you just challenged him to fight in a booth. It, I mean, what are you? And and Chael asked to fight Vanderlei, uh, and Vanderlei wanted pay-per-view points. So I don't know what's going on there. I think they uh, should coach the next Ultimate Fighter. That's that's my suggestion. I, I, people were talking about that on, on the underground, and I think it's a great idea. I mean, come on, who wouldn't see that? I mean, who wouldn't watch that? Um, personally, if you had to ask me who wins this fight, I think Chael wins the MMA fight. I think Chael is not the kind of guy to stand and trade with Vanderlei Silva. I think he's too smart for that. I think he's, uh, you know, that's how, that's one of the ways you lose to him. I mean, Brian Stan, I love Brian Stan, nicest guy ever. You know, he sit there and you, and you just trade punches with Vanderlei Silva, something bad is going to happen to you. Um, but with, as far as Chael, I, I see him grinding out kind of a wrestling boring decision and being smart about it you know 
However, in a street fight, I take Vandalay Silva all day. I know Chael's from the mean streets of West Lynn, and there were a lot of fights along the you know growing up. But I take Vandalay in a street fight any day of the week. I don't think Chael, Chael actually said he never got into a street fight. So, uh, but Vandalay Silva probably has been in some wars. That was crazy. That was a crazy thing. Very entertaining though. Uh, update from last week. It turns out so. As I was talking about Tito, Ken Shamrock, Frank Shamrock, Rampage, uh, they were all going to crash UFC 168. And then Dana White said, uh, look, uh, you know, tell the super friends, which is pretty funny that he called them the super friends. It was actually a perfect analogy for what, for what those guys are. And then he said, you know, F you, uh, Ken Shamrock, you owe me 175 grand, which I don't know, I guess. Ken Shamrock sued the UFC and lost, and now he has to pay for the lawyers. So that's not going to happen, I don't think. I don't think they're all going to show up, which is pretty... I was looking forward to that. That would have been a very funny storyline to go on. But it's kind of a shame, though, because, you know, Ken Shamrock, Frank Shamrock, those guys are legends. You know, Tito's a legend, Rampage is a legend. You kind of wish everyone could just get along. I don't know whose fault it is. I guess there's probably a lot of different stories. I'd like to get them all on the podcast. You get Dana, Ken, Frank... Rampage uh, and Tito. We'll have a, we'll all sit here and have a podcast. I think it'll be a, an epic podcast. So if you guys are listening, Ken Shamrock is now on Twitter. He he just joined Twitter last week and he's been on fire with it. Uh, he's been tweeting left and right. Uh, it just shows he's kind of late in the game, but just be joining Twitter now. He's not even verified yet, but it is him. And uh, who knows? Speaking of Twitter, my first guest. We got a great podcast, by the way. Uh, we have Tim Kennedy is coming on. Uh, we have Danny Castillo, uh, who's, who's got a, a big fight coming up. He's coming on. Jake Shields is fighting Damian Maya. Cody Bollinger on The Ultimate Fighter, who was the number one pick for Misha Tate. And the New York badass, the best ever, Phil Baroni. It's a stacked podcast, people. Stacked. This is one of my, I mean, I, I don't even know if we have enough time to get to everybody, but we will. We're going to make it happen because that's, that's how I roll. Okay, that's how I roll. And that's... That's, um, I'm excited. So Tim Kennedy is probably the funniest guy on Twitter I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he, he is hilarious. So I guess he had a fight against, uh, he was supposed to fight Machida, and then Machida, uh, Michael Bisbing hurt his eye, so now Machida is fighting um, uh, Mark Munoz, which is going to be a tough fight because Machida, he's, he's tough for anybody to fight. He's very awkward. It's hard to get a guy who has Machida's style to train with. It's easier to get a Mark Munoz guy. He's a guy who comes straight forward, ground and pound. You know what he's going to do. He's going to try to take you down and donkey punch you, all or donkey Kong punch you, not donkey punch you, but he was, he's just going to take you down. By the way, he said he wanted to hit Bisbing in the ass on the, on the podcast, and Bisbing wrote, hey, man, I'm taken, which is pretty funny, on Twitter. So you know what Mark Munoz is going to do. You know, he's a national champion wrestler. Machida is one of those guys that does this weird hybrid karate jujitsu wrestling thing that's very hard to get to have a guy to emulate that in practice. I mean, has anybody ever really dominated Machida except for Shogun? If you look at like Phil Davis, very close fight against Machida. Um, Henderson. Tough guy uh, against Machida. Machida beat Rashad Evans. Even John Jones, before the uh, Gustafson fight, you could argue that Machida was one of his toughest fights, tougher fights. So it's going to be a tough fight. So now Tim Kennedy, who in the past has complained about 
pay for fighters. I mean, this guy's, I mean, this, Tim Kennedy is the real deal. The guy's, a, he was a sniper in the army. He's a special forces guy. He, he's been fighting for a very long time. Uh, he's, he's fighting some of the best guys. He has, uh, he, he, he's lost to, to, to Jacare and to Luke Rockhold. Very tough guys. He's beaten very tough guys. So he starts writing on Twitter. And I'm just going to read you some of his tweets because I actually wrote them down because I didn't want to butcher them. He said, hey, all, hey, Overeem. You versus me, catch weight at UFC, fight for the troops. Winner gets a lifetime supply of horse meat. Funny, right? First of all, Overeem is like heavyweight. I don't understand how. And then he goes, hey, Shogun, dresses like a Brooklyn pimp, not the classy kind. I guess there's lots of classy Brooklyn pimps. I should have given him a lesson in style and fighting. Hey, Rich Franklin, a.k.a. American fighter, I want your nickname. It's cool and clever. I'll fight you for it, a.k.a. Tim, future American fighter. Hey, Shogun, Australia's a long fight, flight. How about you and me in Kentucky, and we go at 195 pounds? You don't need training camp since you don't train. <laughs> and then my favorite, hey, Nick Diaz, I stole your pot and bicycle. If you want them back, you have to come out of retirement and fight me. I mean, this guy is hysterical. He's, if he was half as exciting as he is in fighting, then on Twitter, he'd be the main event every card. So we're going to call Tim right now. We're gonna, we're gonna, I, I don't know if he's having a meltdown or a breakdown or if he's, if he's now the, the new comedy writer for Conan. But we're going to talk to him and, and, and see what he has to say. Hello? Hello, is this Tim Kennedy? This is he. Hey, how's it going? It's Adam Hunter on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It is going well. Hello, how's, Adam. How's everything going, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. I just had to kill another unicorn a few minutes ago, but um, besides that, things are pretty groovy. Now, now you are, you know, you're killing unicorns because no one wants to fight you, correct? Yeah, it was an ultimatum to the UFC, you know, and and uh, you know, the American government doesn't really negotiate with terrorists, but I was hoping that the UFC would, um, <laughs> but that doesn't seem to be the case. So I have to resort to even dirtier tactics next. I'm not sure what those are going to be. Are you giving the horse to Overeem to eat after you kill the unicorn? <laughs> well, no, the, the deal with Overeem was, like, whoever won got a lifetime supply of horse meat. Um, so I think I could take Overeem, first of all, so I would be the one with the lifetime supply of horse meat. And, um, and he would starve to death and then probably pass every drug test from there on forward. <laughs> Because he wouldn't have any drug meat, or you know, drug meat, <laughs> horse meat, obviously. Now, now you said you want to fight Overeem, but Overeem, uh, he, he guy weighs about two thirty, two forty. What what fight would you, what weight would you fight him at? Oh man, he's a heavyweight. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, I will do a catch weight of one ninety nine. <laughs> one ninety nine. Now, now, Tim, are you are you going insane, or is is everything all right? What is going on here, man? Ah. Uh, I am about as stable as Syria is um, politically. So, um, you know, I might cause a nuclear explosion, use chemical weapons, or uh, start killing my own citizens. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty similar. If the parallels of stability between Syria and myself are very, 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 very close. Sounds like it, man. Uh, now, so some of the guys that you've, you've called out recently, in, in the past day, actually, it was, it was your anniversary, right, for, with your wife? And it was. Yep, seven years. Big, 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 big day for us, yep. Congratulations. But now, but, but, but now you spent all day on Twitter, though, instead of spending it with her, calling out the entire middleweight division. Oh, I actually dedicated that's not entirely true, Adam. I had a three-minute break between um, calling out Philip who, 
and Kung Lee. So um, there, there obviously is a little bit of time there to celebrate one's anniversary, and then and then I went back to work. <laughs> That's good. Now you actually you called out Kung Lee. You said he was a bad driver. He's a bad driver. I know this for a fact. Uh, is that because he's Asian or? Oh, you are a racist. <laughs> <laughs> then how do you know for a fact he's a bad driver? Well, he's one. He's from San Jose. I mean, oh. that that in itself is proof. You know, he, anybody from North Ca- Northern California is a bad. Is vast majority of them are very horrible drivers. That's true. Two, he's an MMA fighter and an actor. I mean, th- th- those three things alone pretty much ensure that <laughs> there's no chance of him being a safe person behind the wheel. Um, and you could, you know, you can talk to Dave Camarillo or any of the guys at AKA, you know, and, uh, they'll attest to it that he is not, should, should not have a license. Um, now I'm not saying that it, that's compounded by his ethnicity. Um, you know, if he was a woman as well, that could, I mean, that could be the, like, you know, the five moons finally aligning to just create the apocalypse of, dry, of anything on the road. But, um, yeah. Gotcha. He have a driver's license. Gotcha. So, so Kung Lee said he was coaching the Ultimate Fighter in China. He couldn't fight you. Then you called out. That's a bad excuse. Yeah. That, then, then you called out Shogun. Said he said uh, he doesn't train anyway. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, and then you said you stole Nick Diaz's weed. Yeah, four kilos of it. <laughs> I don't know how much that's worth. I don't smoke pot, but um, I think that's a lot of weed, and I was impressed. <laughs> That he kept his two possessions, his bicycle and four kilos of weed, um, like next to each other. Golly, this guy's gutsy. And then also Vanderlei, you called out, uh, saying that his uh, secret agents poisoned his food and that you have the antidote. Yeah, there's a chance that his intestines at this moment are rotting from the inside. <laughs> and uh, he, he didn't pay any heed to my warning. So when he starts pissing and pooping blood, he'll, he'll reconsider my offer, I think. Now, now Tim, I, now your, your, your tweets are, are amazing. Uh, I think that uh, they're actually, like, like, your fights are entertaining, your tweets are amazing. Uh, you're, mm. I want those to, I, I'd like to take that and flip those. <laughs> I, I, how, do, how do I change that? I don't know, you're, okay. you're, you're, you're a tough, tough guy. You, you actually, uh, you, you uh, last beat a Gracie, and you beat him on the ground, pretty much, uh, which was pretty impressive. He, he had you in a submission and couldn't submit you. Um, how are you able to achieve that? Well, first, it's a really bad idea. It, it, in no part of my game planning was I just like, yeah, let's put Hodger Gracie <laughs> on my back um, in the first round, in like a minute into the first round, and, and see how things go. That was not part of my plan. So that was uh, that was less than stellar, I think, on my part, being like, hey, Hodger, hop on my back and see if you can choke me. This would be a great fight. Um, no, yeah, see, you, you started off that backhanded compliment with, you're really tough. I don't want to be a tough fighter. That's not a nice thing to say to a fighter. I think tough fighters have short careers. Right. So you're a jerk, first of all. Thank you for calling me tough. And, I take it um, back. You're not tough. You, <laughs> I'd rather be like, like Pettis. You know, nobody says Pettis is really tough. They're like, God, that guy's so amazing. You know, he does these crazy, fantastic things. Um, you know, they don't say, they're like, God, Tim is so tough. <laughs> uh, thanks, asshole. But, um, and kind of pain, you know, giving you a little credit to what you said is I'm dumb as well. So I'm tough and dumb because I want to beat guys at what they're good at. And I was like, ah, oh, man, Hodger Grice, he is the greatest grappler on the planet right now. You know, he has more 
world championships than anybody. So let's let's go ahead and grapple with him. That's a great idea, and uh, that's what I did. Yeah, no, but it was impressive. I, I mean, honestly, I thought I, I hate to say it, but when it, when uh, he had your back, I believe I was like, it's over. I thought I thought he was, but you uh, you managed to you, you managed to get out of it, and uh, I was my hats hats off, very, very impressive. Um, well, I used, I used a lot of Vaseline around my midsection before the fight. <laughs> now you learn. Now you were a wrestler in high school. Is that was that correct? Not a very good one. Um, I, uh, I I went to a private school and I was homeschooled, so I had to I had to do club wrestling. So, and I don't know if it's this way everywhere else, but like the club wrestlers were kind of like these rich kids that were weren't very good. But all of them were better than me. So I think that puts me in the horrible wrestler category. Um, I wouldn't even say I, was, I wrestled in high school because that would not give credit to college or high school wrestlers. Right, but then, but then, but then after after you, so you you uh, went to college, and then after you joined the the ar- the uh, the army, right? Then you learned how to basically fight in the army, or did you fight before the army? No, I had I had like three or four pro fights before the army. I had actually fought Jason Mayhem Miller and Cruz Cone, and I fought in the WEC all before I had enlisted in the army. Um, so I think I, yeah, I had four. I think I had four pro fights before I before I went in the army. And then in the army, I fought like I think four or five pro times, and then whatever ten or fifteen times for the army in their army combatives tournament. Yeah, and I saw that. And that now, how's how's the training as far as MMA in the in the military? Well, it, it depends on what kind kind of unit you're in. If you're in a combat arms, you know, like infantry or special forces or ranger, it, I, obviously it's kind of important <laughs> for you to be able to be a good fighter. So they, they put a little bit more effort into making you be kind of a badass. Um, but if you're a cook or a pilot, um, you know, or a logistics officer or pretty much anywhere in the Navy, you, um, you don't have to be a tough guy. You don't have to be a good fighter. You can just, or the Coast Guard. Yeah, you can suck in the Coast Guard. The Air Force, too. They don't have any tough guys there. So you're saying the Army right. guys are tougher than Navy guys and Coast Guard guys? Without a doubt. <laughs> Um, I think the Marines are pretty tough. I'd give them like, like every time you're around a Marine, you're like, golly, you're kind of crazy and tough. So, but right. You don't say that around, around Air Force guys. You just say, golly, you got, you have a really great room. How do you get <laughs> such a nice chow hall? Is this the officer's chow hall? Am I allowed to eat in here? Do I have to leave? No, I can stay. Weird. This is weird. I've never been in a place this nice. Right. That's usually what you hear army guys when they're around Air Force guys saying. But your first fight ever was against Scott Smith, who was like, you know, uh, and you, you, you lost your first fight. Were you thinking about at just like calling it a career then, or did you know, all right, you know what? Um, those were the dark days of MMA. You know, I had like probably 20 or 30 fights before that first sanction bout, you know, whether I was in Tijuana or down at the Cobra Casino in Temecula, or I was up in some stupid Indian reservation where we didn't even have to wear gloves. Um, you know, or I was like St. Augustine Island, Florida, where you're allowed to headbutt and stomp heads. Um, so ah, good days. Those were good days. Um, I had actually fought Scott Smith like three weeks before we fought again in that, uh, in that IFC fight. And the fight that I fought him in, it was a Pancrase, California Pancrase championship. And, and I beat him and I was like, yeah, cool. And they're like, Hey, do you want to fight this guy in the, in the international fighting championship? I was like, dude, I just fought that guy. Yeah, for sure, I'll fight him. Um, 
it was not Pancrase, and he smashed my face open. So I was like, gosh darn it, I should probably take fighting a little bit more seriously. <laughs> yeah, I could see, I could see why, why you would do that. But you also, uh, I mean, the, the, the fights that you've, that you've recently lost, which uh, have not been, uh, which, which had not been many, but the ones you have lost to Jacare and Luke Rockhold, those are very close fights, and you could argue that you won those fights. Do you want to rematch with those uh, guys? I think I think Luke. Um, I think you know he was the champ. He, he was the champ at the time, and um, I think he deserved. I did not do enough to beat him, even though I agree that it was a close fight. You know, he was. Um, you know, if if I were on the if I were judging that fight, I would say that Luke had won that fight. If I was the ringside judge, the Jocker fight was really close. Neither of us were champs, and um, you know, but. It was one of those tough fights that it could go either way. Um, you know, Jacare is obviously making huge waves in the UFC, and I, I hope to have opportunities to keep kind of the same momentum going. Um, you know, I think Luke and Jacare and myself um, are going to continue to make big waves in in the UFC. You know, I need Luke to get healthy, you know, bounce back from that loss to Dior, but the uh, you know keep demonstrating that we're right up there, you know, with the top in the world type thing. Now, what do you think of the whole TRT issue? What do I think about it? It's horseshit. Um, am I allowed to say that? On yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Okay, yeah. Then I second my last statement <laughs> that it is complete horseshit. The, uh, yeah, dude, that is straight up cheating. That is that is performance enhancing drug. I cannot wait to be not a professional athlete here in the United States because I'm going to use TRT and become ridiculous at everything that I do. But right now, I am a mixed martial art artist and uh and i'm a professional athlete so i'm not gonna do that because that's immoral it's unethical and it's cheating so all those guys that are like dripping like horse blood out of their veins and they're injecting prt into their eyeballs uh not to name names you can name names uh, i can't name names i was told not to name names i can't name names but to- so, you're, you're, you're told by who there's a guy down in brazil that hasn't fought in the united states in like five years and uh and he only fights not in the United States, and is known for using testosterone, that's horribly wrong. Um, I actually think there's a whole bunch of guys that do that. But he's really the pinnacle of the example. He's, he, he, he's the personification of everything that's wrong with TRT. There's guys like sliding, I don't even slithering, slithering between the rules. Um, and doing what's convenient for them and uh, embarrassing the sport. So, how, so did you ever call out Vitor? Yeah, I did. We were supposed to fight, remember? Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You remember that? And I was yeah. like, hell yeah, I'll fight that guy. I was fighting, and then they said, I was, was going to fight him, and well, they, you know, Joe Solis says, hey, do you want to fight Vito Buffalo? And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Can we fight in Vegas? And he says, no, you have to fight in Brazil. I was like, dang it. All right, not a problem. So we're going to fight in Brazil, and I'm going to fight Vito Buffalo. I'm still in. Sounds great. Um, can we do, like, VADA testing? Uh, he doesn't want to do VADA testing. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm gonna fight Vitor Belfort. Cool, we're excited about that. I'm gonna fight him in Brazil. Also, not thrilled about, but still, I've mentally crossed the bridge, and I want to blow up everything on the other side of the bridge to include him. So cool, no VADA testing. That is also not the greatest circumstances for the for a fight to take place, but whatever. I will still fight him. And then the fourth element of that little negotiation was where he's like, "Oh, I don't want to fight him at middleweight." Uh, let's fight at 200 pounds at a catch weight, maybe even 210. What? And then Joe finally was like, all right, Tim, don't worry about it. We'll find you a different opponent. Things have gone into the realm of ridiculous. Right. Didn't get to fight him. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact but is... At that it, point, I had said yes to every single one of their stupid stipulations, um, all of which Fader favored, you know, a fight for Vidor. I didn't care. I still wanted to fight him. So, but he's fighting Ben Henderson. Yeah, I think the winner is for the TRT he Championship. Yeah, I, I, I think he's fighting in Brazil for the TRT Championship. Oh, in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to talk about your uh, pictures. Now, the, the pictures that you put up, uh, one, you're kind of dressed like Sting, the 80s wrestler, kind of. Uh, well, you're mm. like, well, is, Sting's a good-looking guy. Is that what you were going for? <sighs> hmm. <laughs> Wait, did I have um, white... Face paint on? Yeah. Oh, no. Adam, you are very mixing up eras here. I was the black swan. Um, I was clearly the black swan, and I was passionate about it. I had made the transition from the white swan to the evil black swan, and I uh, and I pretty much nailed it. Yep. Yes. Uh, so the, yes. Then and the other one, you sort of like a black swan, and then one you're like in a bathtub with a wig on. Uh, is, whose wig is that? Why do you own that wig? There's like well, there's like anal beads around your neck or something. You, or like, well, you said whose is it, and then you said why do you own it? So now you're implying that I own it. Okay. Which, um, <laughs> that is my wig, and I own it. And why do I own it? Is because <laughs> I think Katy Perry is a beautiful woman, and I think that me as Katy Perry is a close second to an original Katy Perry. Now, are those anal beads around your neck? Or what exactly are those? <laughs> so, curiously, um, to be even more uh, offensive to all Catholic dogma, that is a Christian cross. Oh, okay. All right. That is just... And then the other one, you're more like a... You're like a, like a 1500s painter or something or and when you're in the blue what what, what exactly it's so, like you're napoleon or something what, what what exactly are you in this picture the one where you're like wearing all blue with the like a some kind of pastry chef hat or something or what is going uh, on yeah i'm a french poet <laughs> that's a homosexual <laughs> okay gotcha in that picture. now did your wife ta- did your that's wife take I'm... these pictures <laughs> no um <laughs> So the the one in the bottom left hand corner where I'm wearing like a combat vest, a hat, ranger panties, and no shirt and combat boots. Yes, that is on the set of one of some TV show that I was competing in, a shooting uh, Ultimate Soldiers Challenge. Right. Um, and then there's actually videos that go along with the other three. The one where I'm a black swan. If you Google Tim <laughs> Kennedy Black Swan, you can see the video. Um, mentally prepare yourself to be raped by Natalie Portman, um, except the Natalie Portman is me and not hot. And then the other one is me doing a parody of Katy Perry. Um, she made a song about enlisting in the Marines and she pretty much offended everybody that's ever enlisted because she's like, the only reason that you'd ever go into the military is because you got your heart broken and you had nothing better to do. So, um, I couldn't resist getting mad at that and then making a video which is my music video debut which has won awards Adam (laughs) if you google that video I'm not joking it has won artistic awards for both creativity and um, and original comedic content and creepiness but yeah yes without a doubt Well, Tim, uh, we got We got to get the rest of the show, man. You are one of a kind, dude. You're you're hilarious. I think you should have your own podcast. You you are a funny, funny dude. Is there anybody you want to call out before we leave? Um, yeah, Tim Boach. Uh, you can Brock Lesnar. If you're listening, I will pay for the 
tattoo laser removal of that thing on your chest if you fight me. Um, November 6th. Uh, and also, Kung Lee, I will take back the driving comments and take you to a driver safety course if you forego your TV show and come here and fight me November 6th with the troops. Um, Rich Franklin, I know you're trying to get a business started, and I respect that. I will buy 1,000 fruity, fruity smoothies from your store if you fight me November 6th. Um, Chris Kamosi, you uh, you still have horrible hair, and you should shoot your stylist. Ed Herman, you still have no soul. Uh, it's not necessarily representative of all redheads, but you, as a redhead, have no soul. And um, Banderley Silva, you don't have to stand a chance. I'm a better version of Chael Sonnen in every single way. I have better striking and jujitsu, and uh, and I have during your eyes. Um, the only problem is I'm probably on less TRT than him. So. <laughs> Man, it's a tough fight, man. Anyways, did I, did I miss anybody? Uh, well, Tim, by, Tim Sylvia agreed to fight you. By the way, <laughs> I think he's like three twenty-five right now, so we could do a catch weight of like three or two eighty-five, maybe. <laughs> think you can make that? Maybe uh, I'll talk to Joe. Let's see right. if they can make that happen. Well, Tim Kennedy, thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, you are a hero, and good luck getting a fight, man. Man, thank you so much for having me on, Adam. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Hello. Hey, is this the New York Badass? Yeah, what's up, man? How's it going? Phil Baroni. Good, good, man. Good. How you doing? Good, man. I'm a huge fan. I, I used to watch you wrestle back in high school. I mean, not in like a, 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 a creepy way. Uh, back when I went, <laughs> back when I went to Oceanside High School, I remember. Uh, I, I, I remember. I remember you, and you were the exact same. You were like this tan, jacked dude <laughs> the, the, that was just throwing people around on like their heads. So. Uh, How's everything? Funny, how's your how's, how's your ankle going? No, oh, it's a little bit. Do it. It's gonna be a little longer out than I thought, but you know, what gotta roll with it. But yeah, it sucks, but whatever. <laughs> so where are you? Uh, where are you training now? I'm not really training, dude. I'm doing a little ankle exercises, bro. This shit sucks. I'm back in Vegas, man. I just moved back to Vegas, so I'm so I'm, so I'm out of here now. Oh, cool. Because I actually uh, last time I was in Vegas, I um. I hung out with Josh Thompson. He came to my comedy show, and he told me you guys were roommates for a while. Yeah, yeah, for, for, for about a year when I, when I was when I, when I was in Pride. Yeah, and right up to about when I fought Shamrock. Yeah, yeah, he's my buddy. That must have been crazy. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Trevor, Trevor Prank lived there too a little bit. It was pretty nuts. Now I heard stories from uh, uh, Frank Trigg told me that you used to be out to the strip club till five o'clock in the morning, and then you'd come in at seven to hit pads. <laughs> yeah, it's just that whole night. When I first, yeah, when I when I first moved out here, I, fucking, uh, I found out about the after hours club, and I would I would actually go to bed early and then go to the after hour clubs, try and pick up scaly wank chicks, fuck up chicks, and then you know, and then usually I would, and even if I didn't, well, anyway, I'd go to train after that. So I started going to like Dre's and all these after hour clubs, like four or five in the morning at a, at a weird schedule I go to the club try try to pick up chicks and after, after I was at the club I fucking uh, roll with the train now how many how many chicks has the New York badass went through you think oh uh, you know I had a little run for a while you know <laughs> I, had a, I had a run are we, are we talking thousands of women uh, I don't know no maybe maybe maybe, uh, maybe. Maybe a G, but maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. 37. Uh, I don't know. 
maybe not. Maybe not. I had girlfriends all the time too. Yeah. Now and and now and you're married now, right? Yeah. How's that going? Sorry. Married, you know. Sorry. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, now Mayhem once told me that that he used to have to break up fights between you and Coleman at the gym in Orange County. In Orange, no, no, in Vegas. We oh, never in Vegas. Orange County, yeah, yeah, in Vegas, in Vegas. Yeah, he's, he's crazy, man. Go, 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 go out of his mind. <laughs> now, now, this is the segment. This is the segment called uh, called "That Story's Baroni," where I want to hear right. I want to hear one authentic story that Phil Baroni is going to give us. Anything about, right. about, about about anything? Start now, or what? You start? Starting right now. All right. So, so, so uh, you know, I'm living in Vegas, and for some reason. Uh, I'm not sure why. I think maybe Randleman turned him on to his Randleman just moved to Vegas. But, but Coleman shows up at, at, at Lehman's gym. That's where I trained me, Mayhem, War Machine was there. You know, we had a good crew there back in the day. And uh, Coleman shows up there, and uh, he's getting ready. He's getting ready for for a, for a fight with Crocop uh, in Pride. So you know. I see, you know, when's the fight? He's like, you know, I, I, I got 60 workouts, you know, which, which means, you know, about 30 days. It's about 30 days. So he shows up 30 days out to fight Merkel Krokop. You know, meanwhile, that's when Merkel Krokop's killing everybody. Just, I go for a chance in the head. You know, he's the, he's he just fucking everybody up. He's a bad motherfucker. You probably don't want to fight that dude, especially on, you know, which I've learned at, learned 60 workouts is in 30 days. He has about 30 days to prepare for Coleman and what he's been doing. I mean, prepare for uh, Krokop. But what he's been doing is, is sitting on his couch and uh, not not preparing, put it that way. He yeah. wasn't preparing. He's just sitting on, his, sitting on his couch doing absolutely nothing, taking care of his kids and, uh, you know, doing everything but, but be a fighter. Maybe... Maybe doing what Nick Diaz does a little bit, shit like that. So he's not—he's definitely not in shape. So sm- he's, he's, uh, so he's smoking some weed. And- <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't—I don't want to say nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, he—he's he, stressed, dude. He gets—he gets to fight. You know, short notice, thirty days. He hasn't trained today. Uh, he's pale white, so he's got a lot of tanning to do. He's got a lot of tanning to do. He's hairy. So he's got a lot of shaving to do, and uh, he's, he's out of shape, and he's getting ready to fight fucking Marco Krokop. So he shows up at Lehman's gym, and I, I'm in an addict. I'm getting ready for my last UFC fight uh, during my first stint, so, so I'm in there training. And, uh, you know, randomly doesn't show up a couple times, so I end up being this fucking trainer oh, okay. somehow, you know, by, by default. And, and, and we, we, we get along, so I end up, you know, picking him up from the power station and driving him driving him home every, every day too so so we become friends make, make a little long story short I lose my I lose my fight in UFC I'm cut I'm, I'm, f***ed, I'm pissed I'm like damn Brian I need a job this and that he says alright man come come to, come come to pride with me come to pride come to pride so 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 I give him a, this, is, this is the first thing he does to me I, I give him a G you know I, I give him a G for a ticket how much does it take a call and it's about a thousand okay I, I give him a G I get a ticket I'm thing. you know come to think of it now you know, he kept that G. He had, he had like four corner mounts. He's come on, Coleman. He's the, he's the pride champion. He had four corner mounts. So he he just kept that G. Oh, and, and and I got the ticket because you know when I think back, there's no way he fucking you know called you know ordered me a ticket. There's no way I got on the same flight with those guys 
and he got a ticket. So he beat me for a G right off the bat. So we, so so we, so we're in Japan, and, and let me tell you this: this guy's out of his mind. I have a bad reputation being crazy, short temper before a fight. You know, stress out. This motherfucker is stressed out. He's getting ready to fight Crow Cop on 30 days' notice. He's out of shape. He's He's just stressed. You know what I mean? Crow Cop's killing everybody, and uh, you know he's really, he's really, he's really stressed out. So, so I'm hanging out with him. We're working out with him there. We're trying to, trying to some shit. And I'm with uh, Wes Sims, and and I think his father was our other corner man. So it's me, Wes Sims, and and his old man. Or his corner, oh, and Hinkle too, Hinkle. Right. So, 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 you know, we're just trying to like show him shit, you know. And every day is a fucking argument. Circle this way, circle that way. I mean, I can't even stress you how how, how stressful it was every single day with this guy. He's he's a maniac. He's out of his mind, and, and you know. I'm used to being the big dog. I was a big dog at Lamey's gym, and now I'm, now I'm the little guy. I'm scared shit. You know what I mean? So I'm he has no plan. To, so he has no real plan to fight Cro- uh, to fight Crow Cop. He's got no. No, no, bro. We, you know, he had no idea what he was doing, dude. He was doing a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of wrestling with, with, with random in to throw West Sims around a little bit, a little bit of wrestle with Hankel, and I'm like, you know, what are you gonna do? And, and he didn't even know like to stay away from the left leg. He was like. Circle right into it. So, so you know, the week there, we're trying to like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to show him a little bit of stand up. Circle away from the fucking the left kick, this and that. You know, it, it's nuts. But but the, but the part of my story that that's the craziest thing is, man, it's the day before the, the day before the weigh-in. So I don't have to cut weight. So I'm sneaking out. You know, I'm gonna go to Rapungi. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet Anson in the way there. You know, my friends are Anson. I stayed in Japan with him a month before one time. And uh, I'm gonna have a good time with Anson, and uh, and uh, I'm gonna have some fun. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here because I'll get the fucking stress case. So you know, I'm in the same hallway as as Coleman. All of a sudden, I'm looking. I'm like, man, Coleman's door looks like it's half half open. You know, I hear like screaming. You know, I hear yelling and this and that. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm trying to like tiptoe by. You know, and I see like West seems like I don't know. He's getting pushed out of the room. What the what the well, what's going on there? And, and, and I noticed he's like a razor, you know. He, he has a razor. And he's coming out, and then I see a little bit of, you know, he's got a he's got a razor, and he's got a you know, he's a horrified, horrified <laughs> look on his on his face, and it's just like what the, you know, I'm like, what is this man? And I'm all the way down, so it's a long walk that down past him to. He's right by the elevator. I'm all the way at the end of the hallway, so I'm walking slow. I'm hoping that he's just going just a little bit in and out and out. Next thing I know, when I'm like maybe 20 feet away, West Sims goes flying out of the room. Boom! Hits hits the wall. He has a razor in his hand. I didn't realize he drops it. Coleman's screaming, "Motherfucker! You fucking cut me! I told you to be careful. Uh, shave down, not up. Shave down, not up. You so so. Coleman, Coleman, fucking naked, screaming in the hallway. The 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 the, the Whatever they are, the, the people that clean the rooms are coming up there. They're running up there, running, running, seeing that he's naked, running away. West Sims is is, is fucking just horrified. He's, Wait, West Sims cut Coleman's coming. penis? Is that what happened? No, he's just he's shaving, he's shaving his back. Coleman's naked. <laughs> Coleman's naked. He's shaving his back. You know that down by you know his, his shoulders to his ass is hairy, and he's 
fucking, and he's and he had the job. Fucking, I guess shaving his back the oh, night before man. the night before the weigh-ins. And uh, were you dying laughing? You know, I was. Well, I was dying laughing when I was when, when I was in Rapungi with, with chicks telling Anson what was going on. <laughs> but you know, I, I was I was I, I was almost as scared as West Sims. I just couldn't wait to get the <laughs> in the elevator and out of there, bro. You know, I was just hoping that you know that I wasn't gonna be the one that has to shave the rest of his back. Oh hell no! Gonna kill West Sims. Damn, that's crazy. So then Coleman ends up Coleman ends up losing the Crow Cop in that fight. Yeah, yeah, he ended up losing losing a fight, but he looked good, man. He got shaved up, and, and he was tan, and he looked, he looked good <laughs> going in the ring. You know what I mean? That's, and that's always half the battle. That, that, that is half the battle. When you're in a hammer house, it's half the battle. Looking good. Well, Phil Baroni, we're going to have you on again. Thank you for this story. You you are you are one of a kind. One of a kind, right, man. man. You're a legend, thanks. and uh, thanks. thanks for being part of the podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Take care. Hey, is this Jake Shields? Hey, how's it going? How's everything going, man? It's Adam Hunter. Welcome to the MMA Roasted Podcast. Oh, cool, cool, man. I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, big fan, man. I've, I've, been, I've been a fan for you oh, a while. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we, we have a, we have a uh, mutual friend, Tara, my, my old intern, this hot Asian girl. I think you like dated her or something. Awesome. I don't know what the deal awesome, was. Man. Are you excited or what? Yeah, man, I'm really excited. This is quite a fun for me. My other guy I got a lot of respect for, so uh, good matchup, so... Yeah, it's really hard, and I'm ready to go out there and scrap. So, are you are you are you going to keep it like a K1 fight? Because basically, your his jujitsu so good, and yours is so good. Or is that? Yeah, I, I would I would like to take it to the ground. I mean, I'm willing I'm willing to stand and trade with them as well. But I mean, I would love to uh, I would love to get this on the ground and do uh, do some grappling. Yeah, I mean that's good. That's great. I mean, I actually um, one of my friends, Connor Hune. You know, Connor. Yeah, I know Connor. Yeah, he was saying that you had the best wrestling uh, that he's ever won against. Yeah, we want to straight wrestling, but mixing the wrestling and jiu-jitsu, I feel like I do really well out, you know? So I think it's a good matchup. I mean, I think, I mean, Maya's got some of the best jiu-jitsu as well, so it's, uh, it's definitely a really cool matchup. Right, right, right. Now, um, now uh, we got to talk a little bit. Now, is Nate Diaz, and I know he's, he, he's are you, you're uh, still in that camp, right, with uh, Diaz? Yeah, 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 I know, yeah, I'm still, now, uh, is, still part of the Diaz. Now, is, is, is Nate really missing his fight because of uh, graduation? Uh, I, I highly doubt it, you know. <laughs> I have a feeling he's fighting, but like I said, I mean, uh, who knows? Have you uh, talked to him about that at all? No, I actually haven't. You know, the last couple of weeks I've been really busy and haven't had a chance to train with him. I've trained him quite a bit, but the last couple of weeks I haven't had a chance to. So I haven't talked to him, but I mean, I was assuming he has a joke, but hey, I'm not, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, what's it like training with the, with the uh, Diaz brothers and uh, Gilbert? I love training with the Diaz brothers and, and Gilbert. I mean, I know the Diaz brothers have a bad rep, but they're like the nicest guys you'll ever meet as long as, you know, like, it's everyone, too. It's not just, you know, if you're, like, in the gym or in there, I mean, they're, they're willing to help everyone. They train really good. They're never trying to hurt anyone. They're just uh, very respectful guys. So I think it's kind of funny that everyone's like, oh, they're crazy and a sad rep. And I see a completely different side of them. Yeah, no, I always thought that uh, that Nick Diaz was misunderstood. I think he's just not a, he's just not a public guy. Yeah, I just only like some interviews and stuff. I mean, he's like, everyone that hangs out with him is always like, wow, I can't believe how like, nice and like, cool Nick is. People are always so surprised. Right. Now, now the word on the street is that you've slept with every Asian girl in Orange County. Is is there any truth to that? Or I will not uh, confirm or deny. No, de- definitely not every. But <laughs> <laughs> so, <so> not true. <laughs> now, now you, uh, you, you've you've had a, an interesting career. I remember uh, coming into Strike Force. You were, out of Strike Force. You were undefeated, and then you had that that tough fight against CSP, which I actually I actually picked you for that fight. Um, 
I thought that uh, I thought you, I thought you were, you were going to win that fight. It was a very very close fight. It, 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 it was a close fight. Um, yeah. Uh, now, what what would you do differently if you had to fight GSP again? I've been working a lot of stand up, you know, and I just try to uh, come at him and put a little more pressure on him early on. In the later rounds, I got a little more confidence and started putting more pressure, and I started doing better. I think early on, maybe I was a little bit uh, overwhelmed by the crowd, by his mystique and all that, and just wasn't quite aggressive enough, and I let him take the timing on me. And it seems, you know, especially like GSP, you just got to really put pressure and try to break him. Do you think you could beat him in the uh, in the uh, future? Yeah, you know, it's not, I mean, not going to be an easy fight. You can't know when you go out there and you know, be stupid, like, oh, yeah, GSP is an easy fight, but I don't think it's beatable. Right. Now, uh, now, now have, you, have, you, have you trained with Hendrix at all? No, I've never trained with him. Never but, I mean, he's obviously a talented guy. But I'm going to pick, uh, still picking GSP. I think it'll be a tough competitive fight, but I think GSP is just uh, too seasoned and fights too smart. Right. Now, what happened with you and Koscheck? Didn't you guys have some kind of a beef? Or? No, I mean, it was just kind of playing around. I think I made, uh, we, we've always been friends, and I think I made some comment. Uh, I think exactly what I think it's doing Twitter or something, kind of joking around, knocking the AKA, but it was kind of joking. I think he put something, uh, he kind of threw something back. I forget exactly what it was, even to be honest, but it was just kind of was a little public jab, but it was nothing too bad. And I haven't like, seen him personally since then, but I have a feeling uh, neither one of us took it personal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. You seem like a very, a very well adjusted guy. As far as I'm concerned, I'm still friends with Koscheck. You know, I don't know his end of it, but I have a feeling uh, Koscheck's a guy that can joke around, and he's a little misunderstood. I've actually got along with him really well. A lot of people don't like him, but he's actually, uh, you know, pretty funny. He just kind of talks a lot of crap. Is there anybody you haven't got along with in the uh, gym? Um, in the gym, you kind of gotten rough. Haven't any problems in the gym? I mean, there's been some new guys that are kind of new that I've gotten into with. It's kind of came with an attitude, but as far as the professionals, I've always uh, got along with everyone. Right. Yeah, you seem like a very well mannered, normal guy. I like a. I, 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 I see yeah, you more pretty, of like a scientist yeah. and a fighter. Yeah, I feel, I feel most of the fighters are actually pretty easy to deal with. At least for me, maybe it's just to get along with a lot of different personalities. I've had very little uh, problems with people I train with. You know, there's been a few guys I haven't liked in the sport, at, sport of course, because there's never been anyone I've actually trained with that I haven't liked. No, I, I and I definitely fell for you, man. I, that the, the, the Ellenberger fight because I'm, I'm 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 friends with Jake, and I know what happened with like with, with your dad, and you took yeah. that, and you fought like what like seven days after that. Uh, yeah, like two, two, like a couple weeks, but it was still, you know, it was just too soon. But can't make any excuses for the fight. But it's just one of those things. Yeah, that's a fight I would love. Uh, I'd love to fight over again. I just didn't feel like uh, didn't feel like it was myself that night. So, well, I think if you, ha- I think if people have an excuse, it's that my my father passed away. I mean, that's a pretty yeah, legitimate I don't excuse. Want to make excuses, but that's you know a tough thing to go through. And it was one of those things. You know, I didn't know if I should pull out or fight. It's just you know you're such a mess trying to. I mean, I was the closest person to me, so I was just such a mess. I didn't really uh, didn't really know what to do, and I just felt like. Almost felt like fighting would be easier than pulling out. Right. No, I give you a lot of credit, man. A lot of credit, and I, I uh, definitely fell for you. And I, you know, I uh, your last fight against Woodley, a lot of guys gave you um, a lot of you know the fans seemed to like kind of get on you about that. But you're fighting a guy with ridiculous power. I mean, what? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, definitely. And I thought like, I mean, Willie's a great stand-up guy, but I did feel like I was the beast aggressor in that fight. That's why I kind of feel like it's not fair that I was the one getting the criticism instead of him. He was, you know. Walking back, throwing a couple of huge punches the whole fight, and I was trying to trying to walk forward and press it, and you know make it a kind of fight. But the guy wanted to, you know, he wanted to stay in exchange with me, and he wanted to try to go to the ground, so it made it hard for uh, hard for me to push the fight. Yeah, but also, why would you stand with a guy who, with that kind of power? I mean, that would be kind of ridiculous. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, were you were, were you hurt at all by that spinning back fist? No, you know, I mean, it landed hard, but I didn't definitely feel hurt. I mean, I'm taking some good shots. So I generally, I can take a shot and keep coming. Yeah, no, you got a, you got you, you got a hard head, man. You got a hard yeah. head. So any any anybody you want to call out after you uh, beat Maya? Right now, I'm just trying to get through Maya, but I would love to fight. Um, 
if I can fight anyone, probably Roy McDonald. That fight puts me uh, right back to the top. Uh, is anything about Roy's hit like? Does it bother you that like you're like kind of this like earthy vegan guy and he's a hipster? Would that be kind of a weird? No, I'm, <laughs> no not really. I got nothing against Roy. You know, I've never really, uh, never really talked to him, so I can't really say how he is. But yeah. I mean, I got respect for him as a fighter. What do you think of uh, Okami getting cut? Uh, you know, I think he's such a top fighter. It's just sad to see him get cut. But I guess you know, maybe UFC didn't uh, think he was that popular and want to get rid of him. But yeah, I think he was definitely. Uh, a good fighter. You know, you got some losses, but you also beat some great guys. Right. Now, are you on Team Rousey or Team Tate? Uh, I mean, I like them both. I'm friends with them both. But, I mean, I'm uh, so close with Rousey. I mean, she came and trained with us, and, you know, she's, she's close to the gym, so definitely I go for Rousey. But, you know, I've met, you know, I've talked to Tate, and I'm, I'm a friend of hers as well, so it's kind of uh, kind of hard picking those kind of fights. Have you been watching it at all? I actually haven't, you know. I'm not a... Uh, not sure. I think it's on kind of early. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I think by the time we get home, it's like already off. If you if you if you had to sleep with one of them, which which one would you which one would you pick, Rousey or Tate? So in the fight? No, if you had to sleep with one of them. Oh, <laughs> these questions are throwing out. I hate answering this. Kind of kind of awkward. But kind of friends with friends with them both. But but hey, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think I'd rather have Rhonda. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully, she'll start choking me now. <laughs> no, I don't think she will. I mean, maybe she will in like in a in a good fun way. You know. Well, yeah, I guess I could be good then. <laughs> exactly. Well, good luck with your fight, man. Have uh, Good luck in Brazil. Thanks for coming on the podcast. All right, cool. All right, take care, brother. Bye. Hey, is this Danny Castillo? This is him. How's it going? Last call. How's everything? Oh, it's, it's great, man. How you doing? Sorry, I cleared out the call. I just didn't know whose number that was. I don't answer numbers. I don't know. Oh, no worries, man. It's Adam Hunter on the MMA Roasted Podcast. Uh, first of all, I gotta I gotta start things off by um by saying thanks for not beating me up. Um, <laughs> no, that's funny, dude. Now I know you were you're, upset you're with a funny me. Guy, man. Oh, thanks. I know you were upset with me over something. I, I, what did I say that made you block me? I have no idea what I said. Um. I, you know, I don't remember the details of it, but it was after, um, I had a knockout loss to, to Michael Johnson. It was a fight I was winning, like, and then it just had happened and you had said something. I was like, man, whenever I say, can I cuss on this show? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Well, I, I just won't cuss at all. Um, <clears throat> you said, uh, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, if I ever see that guy, I'm going to slap the shit out of him when I see him. <laughs> and then, uh. And and then time went on, time went on, and, and some of my teammates had met you somewhere, and they said you were a super cool guy, a big fan of the team, and, and, and really cool. I was like, nah, I still, if I see that guy, I'm going to slap him. Um, and then as time went on, um, you know, it was just time had passed. You know, I won two fights. You know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't sore about it anymore. And, um, you know, they, I really take this uh, sport serious, so... When I lose, you know, I'm a little bit of a poor sport. Well, I wouldn't say a poor sport. Just um, you know, everything's riding on the sport. It's my life, so it's kind of it was it kind of got me at the wrong time. Um, but as time went on, man, you know, reading some of your posts and and some of your tweets, I still didn't even follow you. I had uh, I just read people. So you have so many followers and so many stuff that you say is really funny. So I would get it on my. Oh, that guy's cool, you know. Um, you know, in fact, I was laughing, and 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 it was cool. And then you started following, you started following me, then I followed you back, and um, 
and now we're here, man. Oh uh, yeah, and no, I, no. I, 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 well, whatever I said, I, I like take it back uh, about Michael Johnson. I, I I try not to make fun of people after they got knocked out. I think it was something about your name being last call, like like oh, something about last call or something. You're a hard guy to make fun of. And uh, because it's like, you know, you just I mean, I, I think I said I think I said one thing that like if Team Alpha Male was a basketball team, you'd be the center or something to that extent because you're taller than everybody else. But I but I do apologize. I, I didn't I didn't mean to, to to really give you a hard time, especially if you're getting knocked out. Jesus Christ. I guess I got to be careful. And if anybody else has blocked me and wants to slap me in person, please uh, don't. Um, now, now you've been around. You, you Like you said, you, you have been around for a while. You um. You started off, uh, you were on the wrestling team in high school because your principal saw that you were getting in trouble as a kid and threw you on the wrestling team? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, my mom had uh, bust me out of the neighborhood I was at and sent me to um, a private school, basically. So, so at this private school, um, you know, kid from the hood, it was just kind of like I was, uh, you know, rebellious. You know, I just, just like, man, I don't want to be at school. Have any friends here? Really? Actually, I had a couple friends that went there for the same reason. Um, so we were just kind of misfits, and I just continued to get in trouble, get in trouble. And uh, one day, the the vice principal, who happened to be the wrestling coach, said, "I'm going to call your mom." This is like the fourth time he called my mom that month. I'm like, "Dude, please, I'll call my mom. I'll do whatever, I'll whatever it takes um, to not for you not to call my mom." And he's like, "All right, we'll show up to wrestling practice." And um, and the rest is history, man. I, I went to wrestling prep practice. Um, all the preppy, uh, rich white kids just beat the crap out of me for, you know, two hours. And, um, you know, for some reason, the next day, I, I went back to practice. And um, the rest is history, man. Um, wrestling is the uh, same. I basically, uh, I, I can't, uh, I, I don't know what to say, man. Wrestling is, is a sport that teaches you so much about yourself. And, um you know, fortunately, it got me into junior college. It got me into college. It's got me to to different countries, and um, right now, it's got me in the UFC. And uh, I'm six and two, and and um, you know, I haven't really looked back. And and uh, you know, it's it, it's crazy. And to hear that they were going to try to take uh, wrestling out of the Olympics, it was that was a, was a tough blow for me too. And um, you know, so many uh, MMA's here, it's different. But back then, when I was wrestling, you know, your goal was to be in the Olympics. Your yeah. goal was to to be a, a college national champion going to the Olympics. And that was basically the UFC heavyweight championship of the world. Um, but because of the popularity of the MMA, like now wrestlers have um, a way to make money after, after college, because there's no way, even uh, being an Olympic athlete, you don't make a ton of money um, wrestling in the Olympics. But now because of the MMA, it's, uh, you know, saves a bunch of wrestlers and, you know, having to get jobs so now they can compete. So it's really cool. No, that's that's uh, dude. I have a very similar story. I, I got sent to boarding school as well for troubled kids in Maine because uh, I was very angry. My mom left when I was a kid. And I was a very angry kid, and I found wrestling, and I I, I I won the prep championships four years in a row, and then it was just like I'm a huge fan of the sport, and that's why I, I I'm, I'm, I'm I'm you know that's why I love the UFC. I kind of look look at it as like the 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 uh, the major leagues for wrestlers, you know. <clears throat> yeah, and um, you know, now that I know that uh, that about you, then you know, I kind of, it's not, it's not that I don't respect you in the beginning, but I mean, when I first meet people who aren't wrestlers, but when I hear that about them, then, then it's this kind of sense of uh, like a camaraderie that we hold together because wrestling is like the toughest sport out there, and um, if you're able to be that successful in wrestling, then that means you put your heart and soul into it, and um, you know, no one just goes out there and becomes a champion just because they're athletic. There's some cases, 
but um, you know, you really have to be in love with punishing yourself and, and, and being disciplined and, and not eating and, and doing stuff that other people aren't doing and not really getting the notoriety for it. Um, you know, and now that I know that about you, you know, I have, I have more respect for you. Oh, thanks man. Now I appreciate that. Uh, as, as, as you, now your first fight in the WEC was against uh, Donald Cerrone, uh, <laughs> which is like throwing you into the fire. I mean, you're fighting that guy, uh, now, now you lost that that first fight. Now, how did you deal with that? Um, um well, before that, I had uh, I had trained for one month and I took my first MMA fight. Um, I quit a desk job that uh, you know I was making. Uh, when I quit, it was six months into it. I was at fifty k, so I was on, on track to make a hundred grand. But I was just miserable. You know, I've been rest- working this desk job and just wrestling and. Wrestling was over. I had no competition. The only competition I had was drinking and, and, you know, got me into some trouble, um, a bunch of trouble actually. And, um, so I trained for, I, I had no money. All, all the money I had was just spent on booze. And I moved back home, um, trained for a month and seven months. I was uh, five and oh, just had one. They called me, I called me up. You're favor. My buddy called me up and it's like, dude, they want you to fight Donald Cerrone at WC. They'll give you a five fight deal. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready for it, man. And he's like, no, I've wrestled. You'll kill him. You'll use your wrestling. You'll do all that. You'll, you'll beat him. Don't worry about it. So, um, so I, I pound the pitcher. I was at the bar at the time because I'd fought like four days before that. Prior to that, I was at the bar. I finished the pitcher, won and ran four miles, cut some weight. And, um, I fought him four days later and I lost. And, um, you know, after that, I just kind of, um, the fight, the fight made it to TV and it was in my hometown. So it was kind of like, um, you know, I, I was kind of like had a little bit of fame just for that small period of time in such a short time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so I just was out partying and drinking and, and, um, were you, were you, were you yeah, pissed I, at Faber? Were you like, dude, you fucking punked me? No, no, I wasn't because, um, you know, you could tell when I, when I go back and watch the fight, it's been a while since I watched a fight. You can tell that I was completely awkward in my stance. Like I wasn't going to throw a punch, but I did take him down. So that I mean, that was a good point. I took him down, socked him a couple of times. Then he caught me an arm bar. Right. And, um, and, <clears throat> and that was, uh, for, for some reason, um, that was really hard for me because it was my first career loss, but it wasn't as hard as it was when I was, when I lost, uh, you know, matches in college wrestling, which was really weird for some reason. It's almost like, I don't know, like like fighting was just something that was second to me, you know? Well, you've been wrestling like, your like, whole life, too. like Happy Gilmore, you know? He's like, I'm not a golfer, I'm a hockey player. Right, you know? right. So it was sense. like the same thing, like, I'm not really a fighter, I'm a wrestler. And um, so it was, I don't know, something about that, uh, the loss wasn't that bad. Uh, but the whole uh, me losing in my hometown, that kind of just really motivated me to, um, to win my next fight. And I won my next three in the WC. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, and yeah. some some of the guys you beat, I mean, you beat uh, Ricardo Lamas, who's you know uh, top three right now in the world. Um, you fought Pettis. Now, when you fought Pettis, did you know how good he was going to be one day? Um, no, and in fact, uh, uh, back then, um, you know, I was really confident going to that fight. We got into it at the weigh-ins, and um, you know, I was just fired up. I went in there with a bunch of emotions, and um, you know, he. He's he's phenomenal, you know. He's the best in the world. Um, he caught me with a head kick, and that was my first first knockout loss. So that was another tough for me, a tough one for me. And right before that, I lost a a fight to Shane Roller, 
And um, a fight that I was winning going in the third round, I, I lost by submission in the third round. So it was two back-to-back losses, and it was just like I was going through it at that point. Um, not to the point where I wanted to quit. It was just like really depressing. I lost two straight fights. It was really tough for me. When you're fighting a, one um, guy who's like a three-time national champion wrestler, and the other yeah, guy, and the yeah. other guy who who kicks you in the head, but you've never been knocked out before, so you need you probably didn't even know that you could be knocked out. Yeah, yeah, I, um, because I was never knocked out in sparring or or, or anything like that. And uh, just, just for the record, I did score more takedowns in that fight against Shane Roller, and he was a D one, and I was an AIA. So just uh, <laughs> just a little bit of pride for me because I had more takedowns in the fight. Now, uh, now, yeah, so back to back losses. Um, you know, I just. It was kind of like I. It, when I lose these days, it's just kind of like um, it's hard for me because I'm doing everything possible. I, I honestly feel like I'm one of the hardest working lightweights um, in the world. And you know, you can ask all my teammates; they'll probably tell you that um, I'm one of the hardest workers in the gym, and I come from one of the best gyms in the world. Um, and that's kind of my downfall, um, you know, overtraining and stuff like that. So, right. uh, being that it's going to coming up on my 20 seconds professional fight i'm a little i'm a lot smarter about uh overtraining and um and my coaches still watch over you know things like go home my my teammates are just like dude you need to chill take a couple of days off so um that that's really cool i i got a good i got a good team that um that's just like my you know they're just like my brother so it's really cool being no you guys by the way so team special. alpha male because i i give you guys a hard time all the time and say that like tito ortiz took off his hat and you guys went for a, a pool party in it or, you know, I'll say things about, like, how if, when you guys lose, Ludwig takes you to Great Adventure and you watch him go on the roller coaster. And, 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 but you guys really are good sports about it. I mean, uh, uh, what's, the, you know, Dillashaw and uh, Uriah Faber and, uh, and and Chad Mendez and, you know, all you guys are just... Uh, Benavidez. Yeah, Benavidez, super, always retweeting it. Uh, which, uh, uh, thank you. Aside from you, who just came around, you were the last one to come around. <laughs> but I don't, I don't feel so bad knowing your backstory. But, um, but, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, you guys are have a super good sense of humor about it. In fact, Ludwig, just so you know, sometimes DMs me to keep making jokes about you guys. <laughs> I bet that little jerk. <laughs> now, now, he, 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 uh, he probably. The funniest. He loves that. He loves that. He's a big joker too, and um, I think that's why uh, we're doing so well. Is because it's a good chemistry. You know, we're we're all like-minded people. We all have the same kind of humor. And um, if you if you do follow us on Twitter and we go away to fights, you you'll see that you know we have the best time. Like this, like this last fight, I was just in Utah with my buddy uh, Justin Buckles, who was uh, fighting for the um, Showdown Fights belt. We were out there in Utah, and it was uh, just a great time, and um, it, it's like getting paid to hang out with your friends and go places where um, you get to do what you love, and it's, it's really awesome, and uh, we're fortunate for this whole thing that happened to me, thanks to Uriah. <laughs> you know, you guys are doing great, man. It's, it's, it's crazy how a Muay Thai striking coach came into a camp with a bunch of wrestlers, primarily, and made you guys into knockout artists. I mean, that's, that's like a Disney movie or something. I mean, it's yeah. it's... It's pretty amazing. It's really amazing, actually. And then it, even your young guys, uh, Lance Palmer is undefeated. Uh, Chris Holdsworth, uh, who's doing great on the Ultimate Fighter. Do you think he's going to win it? Um, I don't. I, I'm, I'm not 
Yeah, of course I think he's going to win it. He's um, I trained with him all day. In fact, I trained with him all this morning, and um, he's uh, he's he's really tough. Like people, people don't understand that he's been <clears throat> in our camp fighting the best guys in the world. Uh, you know, Joseph Benavidez was number one at the 35s in the WC. Now Uriah Faber's number two. Joseph's number one at 25s, and he just got thrown into that that whole system. And he's he's been there here fighting back and. And um, you know, giving his licks, taking his licks, and he's uh, he's one of the guys that you really, the people that are going to be shocked to see him because he's uh, he's he's just kind of got this little childish boy look and um, um, almost a little bit goofy, but uh, he's a straight killer. And um, now, you know, I- as you saw him fight on the Ultimate Fighter, his first his first two fights, um, he, he he's he's really good. Now, is he is he banging Juliana? He's what? Is he sleeping with Juliana, the Venezuelan vixen? <laughs> I was giving him a bunch of crap saying that he was uh, sleeping with Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne Modifier? Yeah, yeah, just giving a bunch of crap. And, <laughs> but he's like, nah, nothing happened. He's like, I, nothing happened with me. I don't know about anyone else on the show, but uh, it was really weird. And then I was like thinking about it. When I first heard that idea, I was like, "Oh man, there's gonna be people having sex all over that place, it's be like the real world." But uh, but then I thought about it, like, there's not that many hot girl fighters out there. I mean, there's a couple, and there's there's they're superstars because of it. Um, but you you look at the <laughs> other ones, and it's like, eh, maybe yeah. I'll just pass. Yeah, although I I think if you were there, you would have gotten some girls pregnant. I have a feeling that <laughs> there'd be some baby Castillos running around. Uh, I, I was all I was actually almost on the um, on the. Um, on the ultimate fighter. I made it uh, all the way to the, the the last. They sent me out to Vegas to get my MRI and my medicals done. So I thought it was on the show. And then they called me and they're just like, we decided to go in a different direction. What season uh, was that? Huh? What what uh, season was that? That was the season with, uh, I think, Efren Escudero won it. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, it was George Roop was on the sh- on the season. George Roop, I think that was a couple. It was a couple of years ago. Now, uh, a couple more questions. Uh, word is that you slept with some of the ring girls in the UFC. Is that is that true? No. Okay. All right. Now, uh, Uriah Faber. <laughs> supposedly, Uriah Faber has slept with thousands of women. Uh, this is according to TJ Dillashaw, who, by the way, I learned is a great trainer. Uh, last week on the podcast, I thought all, all I said was in the in, in the Faber Barrow fight, I thought that that Dillish that that you know I wish he would have had Ludwig and not Dillashaw in his corner. And Uriah got really mad at me because of that. Not really mad, but he said I don't know what I'm talking about. So um, uh, that 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 being said, uh, is it true that he just slays all the women? Well, um, I'm not a snitch, and I wouldn't give out my boy's <laughs> information on on national. I mean, that's just me. That's what I was brought up. So, um, I I can say that uh, you know he doesn't really have a hard time finding a date. Oh come on, that's that that's that's the best you're gonna give us. I mean, this is like a... <laughs> that's the best I would give you, man. All right, and then finally, you're 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 fighting. You you've uh, you've you've won your last five. Uh, uh, five out of six. Uh, you're fighting a guy Barboza, who's twelve and one, whose only loss is to Jamie Varner. The guy's a Muay Thai champion. Uh, what are you planning on doing against him? Yeah, he's uh, he's really tough, really dangerous. Um, you know, it, it's a big fight for me, and I'm I'm excited about it. 
Um, it's at home, so that's even better. You know, I think um, being at home won't be a negative for me. I think it's going to be a positive. I'm just going to have so much going, so much, um, so many emotions going into the fight that um, you know I think I'm going to shock a lot of people. Um, it, you know, everyone's just like, man, that's a tough fight for you. I'm just like, who, who's not tough in the UFC at 155? Like, just tell me. I mean, there's pick, pick, I got pick and choose, but you know, I've been fighting. You know, I, I just need a big fight to to make some headway. Uh, I'm getting up there in my career, and um, you know, I can't just keep fighting the the B leaguers of the of the UFC. So I'm really excited about this fight. Dwayne Ludwig's got an awesome game plan for me, and um, you know I'm I'm looking to crack the top ten after I beat Barbosa in December 14th. Nice. Well, good luck, brother. Good luck with everything. Thanks for not slapping me in the face uh, when you when, when, uh, <laughs> and uh, and take care, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate it, and um, you know I'd like to come on after I beat this guy. And um, absolutely, you should come out to Second Watch. It's not too far from you, right? Aren't you down south? I am. I mean, I'm in SoCal. Maybe I'll make the trip for that uh, for that that fight. That'll be great. Yes, yeah, Southwest or Ring a Car, man. It's only a couple of six hours. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Take care, Danny. All right. All right. Take care. So I got Cody Bollinger on, on, the, on the phone. I actually met Cody uh, through Twitter. I had a show in Irvine. There was like, I don't know, 20 people there. And Cody was with his girlfriend. And uh, and couldn't have been nicer, man. This is what, like about almost a, a year ago? Yeah, man. Probably a little over a year last summer. You had a great show, man. We, uh, we thought you were pretty damn funny on Twitter. So we had to come see it in person. Oh, uh, thanks. By the way, your wife is smoking hot, by the way. Thank you, man. That's the one thing besides my kid in life that I'm actually proud of. <laughs> uh, I still don't know how I pulled it off, but uh, thank you. Yeah, no, you got a beautiful wife. And you know what's funny is that you know you're, you're you're 22 years old, right? But you've had 16 fights. You're 14 and two. And I'm trying to do the math here. You had a fight in 2006, so you were 14 years old in your first fight. Uh, 15, man. I just turned 15, like two months uh, before that. Is that even legal? Uh, it wasn't at the time, man, but they didn't have amateurs back then and uh, MMA. I mean, it was big as far as UFC, but more locally. I mean, there was no camo or uh, amateur league. So, you know, we found our ways around it and uh, found some promoters who uh, kind of, you know, looked the other way and let it happen. Now, now where was this fight? Uh, the first one was in Costa Rica. Um, so, you know, they had like no regulations there for MMA. Um, and then after that one, I had that on Sure Dog. Uh, people like King of the Cage and Gladiator Challenge were more comfortable with me fighting for them, so my next few fights were with them as well. Yeah, I mean, and you have you got some record. You got fourteen and two. You got you have a win over Din Thomas, but it was overturned. Why why was that overturned? Oh uh, no, I actually had a loss. Um, I I lost uh, what by armbar. Um, it was overturned because of a, a failed drug test on his part. Right. Um, they won't tell me what it was. I have my ideas, you know, rumors go around, but uh, shit happens, you know. And then you have a win over Cameron Dollar, who's also a, a Ultimate Fighter veteran. I mean, you've, you know, you definitely uh, seem to have the most experience in the house. Do you think that that, that really helped you out on the, the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, man, without a doubt. I mean, I was the youngest person on the show, but um, the, the experience wise, I think I had you know, more than any of the males. There are some uh, females like Shayna Baszler and Roxanne who, who definitely had some more experience than me and uh, Tara LaRosa. They, they've been around longer. 
But um, as far as the males, man, yeah, I, I had the most experience without a doubt. That dude, that that fight getting in the house was probably one of the best fights I've ever seen. I was like on the edge of my seat. I was I was going crazy, man. That was an incredible fight. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I uh, felt like everything kind of finally came together, and I I looked the way I do in practice most of the time. But um, no, I really appreciate that, man. I'm glad my first fight, you know, on that scale and in front of the people like Dana White, could uh, could be that entertaining for everybody. Now, what was it like living in the house? Um. It was cool, man. I mean, it it was an experience that I wouldn't trade for the world. You know, only, what, a couple hundred people have gotten to do it so far. Um, you know, it's something that almost every fighter, you know, wants to do. If they don't get a call from the UFC, they want to get in the tough show. You know, that's kind of the, the new way to get in the UFC. And um, it there were hard times. There were frustrating times. And there's some definitely uh, shitty times. But it, overall, man, it was awesome. Great experience. I wouldn't have, you know, changed it for the world. Now, uh, now, a, a couple things. Uh, we had Juliana on last week, uh, who said that you had uh, you were bragging about sleeping with your wife in the bathroom before the show started, or something. Yeah, man. All right. So this is <laughs> behind that. We um, just the guys from Team Tate. I don't even know how Juliana heard this. She must have been like eavesdropping on the conversation because we were all in our room. It's an all guys room. You know, doors were open, but nobody was in there. You shouldn't have been able to hear us. And um, we're all talking about, like, man, this is going to suck six weeks. You know, no sex, nothing like that. And um, it, it got brought up, like, oh, uh, one of the guys on my team said he hasn't had sex. And we were there. It was uh, May to July. And we, uh, he was like, man, I haven't had sex since, like, October of last year. And we were like, oh, damn, that's horrible. And so everybody's saying the last time they had sex. And um, I was like, well, shit, man, after I won my fight, I knew I wasn't going to see her for six weeks. So, uh, you know, we, we went in the bathroom like uh, any attractive married couple would and, uh, you know, had a little fun before I didn't see my wife for six weeks. Now, this is in the house. No, it wasn't in the house. It was at the UFC gym before they kicked everybody out. So you had sex in the UFC gym. Now, did people have to use the bathroom? Were people in the bathroom while you were having sex? No, it's a it's a one person bathroom. <laughs> Door locked. Nobody else was in there. Um, yeah, so, okay, I, so I, I'm so, assuming that was the first. Now, now uh, according to what's now, but then she said that you kept asking about who was hooking up, and that it seemed like you were interested in hooking up with some girls or something, or it seemed like you were. I think the words she said that you were trying to get your penis uh, sucked. Uh, it's it seemed that 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 was that the case, or would you like to respond to those allegations? No, not at all, man. Um, man, I, I don't know how to approach this the right way. None of what she said was true. Um, the sex story in the bathroom was true, which I have no idea how she found out. I wasn't telling it to girls or anything. Um, everything else is complete crap. I, I kind of like I can't be mad at her. Um, she's young. She's what twenty two, twenty three. Um, she she had a rough life or something, man. Because her head, I mean, she's she's sick, man. She, uh, I, I just feel sad for her. That, I mean, you didn't even bring my name up. You know, I I had to listen to this, and she didn't even bring my name up. She brought me up out of nowhere, and I'm just like, she felt. I mean, she was there too. Everybody in the house didn't get along with her. There wasn't a person in the house. I mean, if you read everybody's blog um, that they've been writing so far. I'll give you a hundred bucks. I mean, I'm serious. I'll give you a hundred dollars, Adam, if you can find somebody's blog besides Roxanne's 
that says something nice or positive about Juliana. I mean, it's not just me that didn't get along with her, and they kind of made me the scapegoat, uh, calling her out about the team picks. And I think uh, she she kind of fell for that, the fact that everybody else called her out, and they only showed me, and now she's, like, defending herself by attacking me. I, I just, I don't know, man. I kind of feel bad. But, I mean, I, I just don't get why. Uh, well, why Anthony, well, well, Anthony said that she, like, was bending over real slowly and showing her ass cheeks to everybody. And, yeah. And then, and, and, then, and then your wife retweeted that, by the way. Yeah, it's all true, man. My Obviously, my wife isn't getting along and uh, doesn't approve of uh, Juliana. I mean, I don't think anybody did in the house, you know. Well, and, well, um, well, well didn't, I mean, didn't him and her and Chris Holdsworth have, like, a, a thing? Yeah, man. I mean, that. Yeah, I, I don't get why she's trying to play it off. Maybe because her boyfriend's pissed off. I mean, her boyfriend tweeted me talking shit, man. I, they, they've got a weird relationship. I'm assuming. What? What? what but, wait, uh, wait. What did her, What did her boyfriend tweet you? Uh, something like, uh, she's got more heart than you, and I'm pissed off that I even had. He was one of the coaches they brought, not brought in for the show, but to corner the people. Rick something. Uh, he was talking about how pissed off he was. Uh, he cornered me and all that crap. So it was pretty funny, man, to see, uh, you know, who she's dating. And it, it makes sense now that uh, I found out who it was. So on the last episode, Davey and Louie fought. Um, now, did you think that Louie should have even, have like been there? It's, it, se- it seemed like Louie was kind of happy to be there, but he sort of mentally defeated before the fight even started. Yeah, man. Um that that was really disappointing to see. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. I felt that they should have brought somebody else back that had a closer fight. You know, maybe went to a decision or had like, uh, you know, I I don't know, man. The kid's tough. The way he came out and fought Holdsworth. I mean, he didn't give a shit who Holdsworth was. He didn't care how good his grappling was. He went there and he he stuck to his game plan. Tried everything he could to win that fight. That same Louis did not show up for the Davy fight. He, um, I, I agree, man. He was mentally defeated. Um, no, no matter what he says, I think he was mentally defeated already. He, um, I mean, you, you nailed it on the head, dude. He was kind of just happy to be back. Yeah, no, it um, seemed, no, I mean, it kind of, I mean, I'm all for a good sportsmanship, but then after a guy taps you out to then carry the guy on your shoulders around the octagon, it seemed like he had more energy doing that than he did during the fight. Yeah, I mean, he, I'm not, I mean, he went out there and he, he fought not to lose. He didn't go out there to win. He didn't go out there to punch Davy in the face. He went out there to lose a decision and not get, you know, too embarrassed. Um, it, it, it was really disappointing to see him, man, especially when they could have brought somebody else back. But and maybe it was just that one day. I mean, because his fight to get in the house, man, he fought. He, you know, he did what he could. Yeah. I would have rather that guy lose and, you know, get knocked out by Davy than the guy that showed up to fight against Davy. But, yeah, I mean, he picked him up. That was like, dude, you couldn't stand up to, you know, keep the fight going, but you can pick him up and walk him around. That, uh, yeah, it kind of pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, it was just it just sort of seemed like it was like, it wasn't like it was just like, you know, crazy war, like Stephen Bonner Griffin, where the guy typically picks the guy, the guy up. It was sort of like he just got, like, murdered. And then was like, yay! I was like, yeah, I kind of felt like, all right, you know, maybe he could have tried. But who knows? I mean, the guy can kick my ass. I'm, I'm not, I mean, you, you, you guys are fighters. I'm, I'm just a comedian who tells jokes and, and enjoys what you guys do. Uh, speaking of which, um, Edmund, 
uh, who <laughs> seemed like he, uh, he, at first he was going to fight Caraway because of the whole Rousey thing, and then he w- tried to fight Dennis Hallman. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? I think they're really passionate people, man. Um, sometimes overly passionate. Armenians or, or just... Uh... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just Edmund and that whole coaching staff are really passionate about what they do and the people they coach. I mean, I think they took the the contestants and kind of made them their children while they were there. They're a little overly passionate for TV. Um, the Caraway thing, I understand, man. I mean, Rhonda's his pride and joy. If someone tweeted my wife that they were going to kick her teeth and you know, I'd beat the shit out of them. You know, I wouldn't, I, I, I understand him and Caraway. Um, him and Hallman, I, I didn't really get, I, I saw the whole thing when I was there and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know why Edmund tried fighting him. I didn't think it was very smart. Not uh, you know, badmouth Edmund. The guy is striking. Is uh, he he he, took, he coaches some of the best boxers in the world. You know, he's got great athletes under him. But fighting Holman's a mistake. You know, no matter who you are. <laughs> yeah. Now, did he did he pick that fight? Because sometimes you know you could you can't tell what the what really happened there. Yeah, he started that fight. He um the minute Holman got there, he was mad dogging him kind of talking a little shit. He came up to me, oh, you think you're tough? And all of them was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm kind of tough. Let's, let's go in the kitchen if you want to fight, you know? And Allman didn't really play into the bullshit. He was just like, all right, well, let's fight. If you got, if you got a problem with me, let's go fight right now. There's case. And um, I made Edmund look pretty pretty bad. But, yeah, I no, mean, that, yeah. No, no, a lot of people are, are, are like, you know, criticizing Ronda. You know, I'm a I'm a Ronda Rousey fan. You know, Ronda's always been very nice to me, and I, when I when I met her, she was like super sweet. I just think part of me thinks that like when you get to the point where you're that competitive, like you're a Floyd Mayweather or, or Ronda Rousey or some of these people that are the best in the world at what they do, they have such tunnel vision that sometimes social graces aren't exactly your thing. You know? Yeah, exactly, man. And that's how you need to be um, if you want to be an Olympic champ or. A- UFC champ or whatever. If you want to be the best, you got to have tunnel vision. It's got to be you're all about yourself. Um, you know, screw everyone and anyone who has anything negative to say. Um, and you know, that's exactly how you have to be. And like like you said, I've met Rhonda outside of the show too, and she's a great person. Great, you know, even on the show, she didn't disrespect the fighters once. Just team Tate. She didn't. None of the contestants. Um, you know, had anything bad to say about her besides, uh, you know, the coaches and Juliana. Um, everybody else, you know, got along great. Even Edmund, Manny, Andy, they were all really respectful to us. Um, so, I mean, I, she comes bad. She comes off bad on TV, but she's a great person, you know, off camera. Yeah, no, but, but Holman said something yes, uh, yesterday that, that Rhonda, uh, that didn't, that her assistant coaches weren't getting paid. So she got in people's faces and something and said, they better get paid. Is that true? Is there any truth to any of that? Uh, I couldn't tell you, man. I have no idea. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a, uh, the people on the underground, which, which, which you know, who, who are very supportive and who, who I love, but sometimes they try to, like, some, some of these stories get a little convoluted. Yeah, but, if, you, if, if that's the truth, they would have had to be there to know that, you know? Yeah. So, uh so, all right, man. So, Cody, so you, you're doing well. You're you're on the Ultimate Fighter. How, and how has your life changed at all? Um, man, it's it's crazy. I'm busy as hell now. You know, I used to just train and then come home for family time. And um, 
you know, now it's, uh, you know, talking, going here and there every day. It's, uh, it's really cool, man. I, I've been in the sport seven years. I'm young, but I've been in it for a while, man. I'm a vet in the sport and I feel like I'm finally getting, uh, getting the shot that I, I've deserved for a while. And I'm really happy to be here, man. It's, uh, you know, being on a podcast like this is, you know, something that I've wanted to do for a while, you know, and, um, it's uh, cool well, to finally get. I, 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 I would have had you on whether you're on the show or not, just so you know, but, uh, <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. It's um, yeah, I'm just really blessed, man. I'm really thankful for uh, how it's going right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I can't wait for you guys to see me fight again. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Okay, actually, I, I cannot wait. And uh, is your wife gonna be in Playboy anytime soon, or, or any, any plans on? <laughs> she's got a photo shoot next week, man. She's, uh, she's starting it all out and uh, really, yeah, man. She's got one with Rev Gear. They uh actually doing one for her like strictly her so it's pretty cool man she's uh she's starting off and um you know finally making a big push towards her dreams too she's got a great shot on her twitter it's just her butt uh in a bikini and she's like in some weird pose by the way you know uh by the way who's who's frankie bollinger that's my dad (laughs) that's your dad oh your dad's hilarious your dad your dad's always like giving me a hard time on twitter (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man, he, he likes to mess with a lot of people. He's a cool guy. He's been around the sport for a while. He, he He's one of your biggest fans, too, man. Oh, cool. I'll tell your dad, because your dad's like, put on Cody Bollinger and his hot wife and put it in quotes. And I'm like, who is this guy, Frankie Bollinger? And then now, now it, it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right on, man. Yeah, hey, we'll be at your show in Ontario, man, so he'll, he'll, uh, he'll be excited to meet you. Oh, thanks a lot. Well, keep up the great work, brother. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate you having me on. Take care, Cody. All right, that was Cody Bollinger, people. Uh, So far, this podcast has been an hour and 45 minutes. But uh, so that's what we got. That's what we got today. Anything else I want to cut? I want to talk about? Basically, the direction of the podcast, by the way, is that we're going to start having, uh, we're going to have, you know, obviously the Cody Bollingers. We're going to have the people that, like the Uriah Fabers. We're also going to start bringing in guys that were. That 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 were in the UFC, some old veterans, old school guys like the John Alessios and the George Grigels, because I want to know about those guys too. Uh, if any of you guys have any feedback on the podcast, uh, hopefully positive, uh, please hit me up at MMA Roasted. And uh, oh, and finally, the last thing I want to talk about: Jones Gustafson. So John Jones is going to fight Glover Teixeira next, and I think it should be Gustafson. Uh, the first fight was very close. I think Jones edged it out. It was very, very close. Uh, now Jones is saying that he 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 clearly won it. I think maybe they should have a throw Jones a Gustafson intervention because uh, it's. I think look, you know, Apollo gave Rocky the rematch and Rocky won, and then Rocky two, and I think that was I think that was Gustafson's Rocky one. I think in the rematch it'll be a closer fight. It'll be a good fight. That's the fight everyone wants to see. Also, uh, Sean McCorkle lost last week to uh, Pujanowski. It was a very sad day. Um, Pujanowski just took him down, held him there. They both kind of gassed. Uh, keep your head up, McCorkle, uh, and thanks for your support. So that is my podcast, MMA Roasted, uh, or you can follow me at Adam Comedian. Go to adamhunter.com for my videos. Uh, all the texts from last fight, I got them all up on adamhunter.com. Thank you, Fox Sports, for having me on. Uh, thank you, Danny Castillo. Thank you, Phil Baroni. Thank you, Cody Bollinger. Thank you, Jake Shields. And thank you, Tim Kennedy. I uh, hope you guys have a great week, and, uh, and take care. Take care.